Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Celtics Life podcast. My name is Brandon. I am your host. This is a new Celtics podcast coming out, so I appreciate all the listeners that are here. And we're just going to get right into it. We're going to talk about uh, the game last night against Detroit. We're going to talk about the trade deadline. And we're also going to talk about a few other things regarding Celtics stuff. So stay tuned. So as you all know, the Celtics play the Detroit Pistons last night. Um, it seems to me that every time the Celtics play Detroit, it's either a blowout or it's a close game and somehow Detroit pulls it out. Um, it was a close game in the first half. Um JT struggled a little bit shooting-wise, but he picked it up in the third quarter. I think he scored like 18 points in the third, which usually that's kind of been a theme for him this year. He's been really scoring a lot of points and getting a lot of touches in the third quarter, which uh, helped the Seas pull away late. Um, Another big thing that happened this game was Sam Hauser. Uh, Sam actually got the start last night. He played 31 minutes, and I believe he went 5 of 6 from 3, so... You know, we've seen this from Sam from time to time where he's been a little back and forth with shooting. In the beginning of the year, it seemed like he could not miss. Um, and then towards like December and January, it seemed like uh, he couldn't hit anything. Um, so this inconsistency from Sam is something to look forward at. Um, I understand that he just got signed to a contract in the summer. The so and he's there for shooting. That is primarily his. That is ju- that is his job. He's to create spacing and hit open shots, and that's what he did tonight. Um, and if he could do that going forward, that'll be huge for the Seas because you know they're a shooting team. Like they lead the league in field goal percentage, field goal attempts, and you know we've seen it before where they've been rocky with shooting, and also to the fact where. You know, we've seen them shoot lights out. Um, and sometimes it's a make or miss leak. And we, we hear that all the time. Um, but if guys like Sam can knock down shots, if guys like Derek can hit that. Let me shout out Derek White real quick, actually, while we're talking about him. I, he, he went 23-7-7. and um, I just want to also quickly shout out Brad Stevens for pulling off this trade last season for Derek. Giving up Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford in the first round pick. Some people believe that was too much for Derek White. Um, I wonder where those people are now. Because Derek White has become so valuable to this team. With all the injuries, with everybody coming in and out of the lineup. With him just stepping up. He has been phenomenal this year. Phenomenal. You can say what you want about the shooting. How he's, you know. But he's one of the best corner three corner three ballists in the league i know that didn't really make sense but we're rolling with that and also his plus minus if you take a look at his plus minus it's you know some of the best in the league meaning when you put him out there he's going to be effective no matter what even if he's having a bad shooting night with marcus being out of the lineup and we hope to see marcus back soon but in the meantime Derek has been doing a phenomenal job in the starting lineup replacing marcus Again, played 37 minutes last night. Again, seems a little too high. Even Tatum playing 39 minutes. um, That's something we'll talk about later. But 23-7-7, you know, valuable stuff. Derek really played well. So I wanted to quickly shout out Derek and also Brad Stevens for pulling off that trade. So 
we don't really need to talk too much about the Detroit game. I mean, it's, you know, the Pistons are 41 or 14 and 41, excuse me. And the Celtics just became 38 and 16, best record in the league still. Um, Denver is catching up with that record, but the C's still hold on tight. Um, Denver is playing a really good basketball lately and um, seems that Jokic is the favorite to win MVP. Um, I still believe Tatum should be right up there. Um, again, he leads the league in plus minus, I believe still, and he's the best player on the best team. So judging on what people go off for the MVP race, um, I understand Jokic is averaging a triple double and we've seen people average triple doubles before, obviously Westbrook's fantastic season where he won MVP, but you know, to me, it seems like Tatum should be right up there. If not first, though, I understand the Celtics have been a little rocky lately, but you can't deny they have the best record in the league still, and Tatum is still having a phenomenal season. With that being said, Tatum playing 39 minutes. This is something that has become an issue lately, um, and Joe Mazzulla talked about it a little bit. But Tatum playing 39 minutes at an away game in Detroit, to me, that seems a little bit much. I understand no Jalen Brown, no Marcus Smart. I understand that. However, you need to find ways to get him more rest. Obviously, he's dealing with the wrist soreness, and he's never going to talk about that publicly. Um, he was already talking about it a few weeks ago, about how he might need surgery after the season, but that's a bridge he'll cross when we get to the end of the season. Right now, we're almost at the all-star break. More than halfway through the season. Tatum cannot play 39 minutes a night. He just can't. There needs to be nights where he can simply rest, maybe get 30, maybe get, I don't know, 29, 28 minutes. I understand the Celtics are not going to blow out every team they play. And some nights he'll need to play 39 minutes. However, Detroit is a bad team. They're one of the worst teams of the league, if not the worst. They didn't even have Cade Cunningham tonight, who arguably is their best player. So, if you're Joe Missoula, what can you do to fix this issue? I understand the bench unit wasn't that strong. You know, Grant has not been playing very well as of late. Blake Griffin even got some minutes. And, you know, Blake is there for depth and, you know, vibes in the locker room. And he provides that very well. But, and even Peyton Pritchard didn't really play that well. He only had three points in 11 minutes. Um... Malcolm, you know, Malcolm does his thing, but the bench unit really needs to step up. I understand. I mean, listen, the, the, the lineup issue with Marcus and Jalen not being in the starting lineup, Derek usually comes off the bench. I get all that, but it's against Detroit, Detroit. We can't be having this back and forth where, you know, every time the Celtics play a bad team, it seems like it's close until they finally decide to stop fucking around and play good basketball. It just can't happen. Tatum is going to be playing in the All-Star game, so he's not really going to have tons of rest. Um, hopefully, Joe doesn't play him too much in the All-Star game um, because we know that it can actually diminish players a little bit. We've seen it with you know other players before not getting proper rest so fingers crossed for that but other than that not too much to be said you know they had 25 assists 11 turnovers you know 
Shot 47% from the field, 43% from three, 81% from the line. Like, these are good numbers. And they should shoot these against bad teams. So it really shouldn't be too surprising. Um, but right before I finish talking about this game, I want to talk about Rob. Rob had 15 and 15, which to me, it seems like he can get that almost every night if he wants to. And he talked about it a little bit, how he played a guy, Jalen Duran, who is a rookie. Now, Jalen is, to me, he's going to be a good player. Um, and Rob even credited him last night for his play. How he, he had 14 rebounds. He only had seven points, but the boards were a huge thing for him. Um, a guy like that, I think, is going to be really good. He seems very comparable to Rob. Obviously, he doesn't do all the things Rob does. Does any center really do all the things that Rob does? I would try to, I would guarantee you you can't name one center that does everything that rob williams does that's how valuable he is to this team and jt even talked about it last night how he said rob should be more aggressive he shot seven of nine from the field which is fantastic but be more aggressive rob like you're unselfish and we love that about you but be more selfish like if you have a smaller guy on you post him up like you can body him down and you can dunk on him you know it's not rocket science the Celtics always hunt mismatches, and they play to their strengths. So, Rob, go get some touches, man. Like, especially on nights that Smart and JB are out. You know, you're the second guy almost for offense, unless it's Derek White. But Rob played very well. He credited Jalen Duran, who I think is an up-and-coming player in this league. Um, Detroit, it seems like they're just like a bunch of like, I don't even know what to describe their roster uh Bojan Bogdanovich like I don't it doesn't even make sense to me how he's on this roster um but nonetheless Celtics got the W and that's what's important moving on so a lot of people have been talking about the trade deadline it's Tuesday February 7th we all know that the trade deadline's on Thursday obviously we've already had some fireworks with the uh Kyrie Irving trade and my thoughts on that I'll give my quick take on that I think that Brooklyn got a better deal in the return. Obviously, Dinwiddie and Finney Smith are nothing compared to Kyrie Irving offensively. However, that being said, I think Dorian Finney Smith is a good wing player. He's a good three point shooter. Um, and it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, I don't think the C's play the Nets anymore, but it would have been interesting to see how they matched up with Brooklyn now that they have. A guy like Finney Smith, who can guard a wing player, obviously he he's not going to be able to contain a guy like Jalen and Jason, but it would have been interesting to see how he would have defended those players on a night-to-night basis almost. Obviously, KD is still out, so Brooklyn is still trying to find their rhythm, and now Dinwiddie's back in a Brooklyn uniform. Um, as for Dallas... It's going to be interesting to see how him and Kyrie, Luca and Kyrie, excuse me, work together. Um, they're both very ball dominant, Luca especially. Um, I think he has the most time of possession in the league for how long he holds the ball for. Um, and that's no surprise. I mean, but now you have a co star, which Dallas has been in the running for Kyrie since last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's, they've always been in the mix. And now they finally got him on a one-year deal. So it's going to be interesting to see if Kyrie wants to come back um, after playing 30-some-odd games with Luka. 
and how they do in the playoffs, bearing they make it. Um, but that's my quick take on that. So the trade deadline's coming up, and a lot of names have been coming up for people that people want Brad to trade for. Uh, first name that comes to mind, Jared Vanderbilt, Jakob Pertl, Nives Reed, and Kelly Olenek. Kelly Olenek I've been seeing a lot. Personally, for me, I think a guy like Vanderbilt would be great to have. Um, they're saying it only takes a first-round pick to get him. So if I'm Brad Stevens, and this is going back to what Wick said um, a few weeks ago, even a few months ago, that he is willing to pay the extra money, pay the luxury tax, telling Brad, spend it all. Like, we're trying to win a championship this year. This team has, you know, obviously the team last year made the finals. But they're better this year. Go all in. You know, we have the best chance to win a title this year, in my opinion. So if you can get a guy like Jared Vanderbilt for a first-round pick, you do that. He's somebody that can be very valuable off the bench, provide depth. He's good defensively, and he's athletic as well. I think he's scoring around like 10 points, I believe. Um, Let me check that real quick. Guy like Vanderbilt, you know, guy that's very, very valuable in my opinion. He's averaging eight points, but he's shooting 55% from the field, 33% from three, grabs almost eight rebounds. So, and he plays 24 minutes for the Jazz. So a guy like that, you know, and he's 23 years old. So, again, would you spend a first round pick on him? Possibly. I think you should due to the fact that, you know, it seems that I don't know what the Jazz are thinking. You know, it's kind of crazy to think that they got an all-star this year in Laurie Markkinen. But the Jazz have been playing some good basketball. But that doesn't mean that they won't unload and drop some assets. A guy like Vanderbilt can be very valuable for the Celtics, um, especially with, you know, Al resting on back-to-backs. We're not knowing what Rob's knee situation is, you know. So I think you do it. I think you go for it. Um, it does. It seems like a low-risk, high-reward kind of thing. So, And he didn't play against the Mavericks at all. So it, ma- it makes you wonder if he's on the move and if Brad's talking about it. So that's Vanderbilt. The other guy that I would consider taking is Kelly Olenek. He's obviously, everybody knows he plays for the Celtics a few years ago. Game 7 Kelly against the, the Wizards where he came through, hit a bunch of shots. Um, a stretch big, you know, who could play the role of, you know, good spacing. Not exactly the best defender, but he's a guy that you can have. He's a good three-point shooter. He's a good big. He's got good post moves. Again, low-risk kind of move i don't know what the asking price for kelly is but he's a guy that i think you could get um so we'll see obviously danny ainge gm of the jazz will he's got a relationship with brad everybody jokes about it you know he'll help us out that remains to be seen but a guy like kelly olenig i think you can get um Jakob Pertl has been somebody who's been, you know, coming up a few weeks ago. He's he's obviously the best guy I think the Celtics could get, 
realistically, I don't know if he's going to be available. Um, but he would be a perfect fit. You know, he's a good he's a good rim protector. He'd be a good backup to Rob. Very valuable player, in my opinion. Um, Spurs are not a great basketball team, so they could be looking to gain some picks. We'll see. I mean, the trade deadline's always crazy every year in the NBA. So I'm interested to see what Brad does. And I would not be mad if he doesn't make a move. You don't need to make a move. This team has been the best team in the NBA this entire season. Look at the record. Look at the like. Look at the statistics. So if they don't make a move, that's not a bad thing either. You know. So we'll see in the next few days about what happens. Um, obviously, we've already had a big trade. So could this be the floodgates opening up? We will see. Um, I'm very interested to see what happens. However. I would not be frustrated if Brad does not pull the trigger and make a move. So with that being said, Celtics have a three-game homestand coming up. They have a game tomorrow at uh, against Philly. Excuse me. Um, they haven't played Philly in a while. And we're hoping that JB will be back for this game. He was out with an illness last night. And I just want to talk about this really quickly to all the people that have been saying that um, Kevin Durant is going to be traded to the to the Celtics for Jalen Brown. Whoever thinks that, I'm sorry, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. You can't seriously tell me that you would take somebody who's an aging star, who's having injury problems of late, over somebody who's about to enter their prime as having the best season of their career. You can't tell me that. Jalen Brown is not going anywhere. Him and Jason are our two pillars on this team. They're arguably, they're, no, I'm not, not arguably. They are the best duo in this league as well. You can't tell me any other duo that is playing better than them. You can't say Kyrie and KD because look what happened there. So I want to, I want to shut down this nonsense about the fact that Jalen is going to get traded for Kevin Durant. Who makes up these rumors? I understand Shams and idiots like Stephen A have come out and just say wild things on television but there's no sources you can't there's no source you just think and you just say things to act rational on television and it gets people bought into the system and people actually believe it it happened over the summertime didn't happen then and it's these rumors are surfacing now and they will not happen it's just not going to happen so I just wanted to talk about that real quick. I, I, I get seriously frustrated with the fact that people believe that Kevin Durant is going to be traded to the Celtics for Jalen Brown. Like, come on, guys. Like, you guys are smart people. You can't seriously buy into this nonsense every single year it happens. And I seriously do feel bad for Jalen. I really do. Um, again, he's having the best season of his career. He arguably should have been an all-star game starter. It's crazy to me. Well, Kyrie got traded to the West now. So that frees up a spot in the East. Jalen Brown should be inserted right in there. He should have been in there to begin with. But he should be in there now. So enough about this these stupid, you know, nonsense rumors about KD being traded. 
to the Celtics. Enough. I've spent too much time on it as it is. With that being said, Celtics play Philly tomorrow. Um, This is an anticipated matchup because Philly's been playing really good basketball lately. Um, Somehow James Harden's in the MVP conversation along with Embiid, so there's two MVP candidates. James Harden was not named an all-star. I'm not going to get into that. I'm sure Philly fans have just talked about that enough. However, it will be nice to see the Celtics have full strength tank on another good Eastern Conference team because, you know, the Celtics obviously are number one. Then you have Milwaukee, and then I think Philly is right there. So this will be a good test for them playing another good Eastern Conference team. See how well they shoot the ball, or if they don't shoot the ball well, it'll be interesting to see how they play. Um, I don't remember the last time the Celtics played Philly. Was it really in the beginning of the season? I have to think it was. Yeah, it was. So, looking back on that, Rob was not here. Um, but Marcus will not be available. Barring any sudden changes. So... You gain Rob, but you lose Marcus for this game. Um, and the, the Phil, Sixers do have good backcourt play. Tyrese Maxey is a very good player, in my opinion. He's an up-and-coming star. And obviously, there's James Harden. So it'll be you know a good task for Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon and co. to see how well they defend these players, along with Embiid. Um, you have Al. You'll have Rob. Um... So we'll see how that matchup goes. I'm very excited for it. I love when the Celtics play Philly because it's just always, you know, usually they're good games. We haven't played them since the beginning of the season, so a lot has happened since then. So it'll be a very good test for them. I'm very excited for it. Um, looking ahead of the schedule, they play they play Charlotte on Friday, and then they play... Memphis on Sunday. So those will be two games to look forward to as well. But of course, the game that we want to look forward to is against Philly tomorrow night, 7.30. It'll be on ESPN, or if you guys want to watch it on um, Comcast for the Celtics. I live in Pennsylvania, so I am I do not have the luxury of that. I've thought about buying um, League Pass, um, and I always choke, and I don't buy it. So, you know, sometimes I stream it illegally. Or I'll just wait for them to play on national television. Um, that's usually my route. Or I'll just follow it on Bleacher Report or ESPN on my phone. Um, that's that's how you know much I want to follow them. Also, if you guys will want to stay up to date with these podcast episodes, this is my first episode. I'm really hoping to make this a thing. If you guys want, you can follow my Twitter account at Celtics Life. Um, I will be posting. Usually I talk about the games as they go on. Sometimes I'll say things pre-game, post-game, you know, have funny memes. If you guys want to check into that kind of stuff, uh, follow my Twitter account, Celtics Life. I'm hoping to get this podcast on Spotify so we can get some more listeners and go from there. So I hope you guys are enjoying this episode so far. This is my first take at it. Um, but that's what I really – I have high aspirations for this podcast. So, and also, if you guys have any suggestions on what I can do better for this podcast, or if you guys want me to spice it up, talk about different things, different topics, please let me know. Um, 
I'm a one man show here, but I would love to listen to you, listen to you guys, and uh, take your advice because um, I know there's other Celtics podcasts out there. Um, I'm not looking to be better than them. I'm not. I'm looking just to be different, use my own personality, and you know, talk about my favorite team. You know, I've liked the Celtics since I was you know five years old. Um, it's crazy to me because I've never been to a Celtics game before in Boston. Um, I'm still hoping to do that. Hopefully this season. I was hope I was looking to go to the finals last year, but um, family issues came up, so that was not available for me. Um, but there's plenty of season left, so I'm hoping to make that a reality. Having said all that, um, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I I understand it was short. We're kind of around the 25-minute mark. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode um, of Celtics Life. Um, I will be back tomorrow. Um, I will be talking a little bit about the game pregame. And then I will obviously have my thoughts about the game postgame. So please look forward to that. Obviously, of course, follow my Twitter account, at Celtics Life. My name is Brandon. I appreciate you guys listening today. And I hope you guys all have a good rest of your day. Go Seas.